killing the world as they prove to the famous podcast. It's the hottest message out there. When I'm killing, I'm always proving it's the same. Yeah, the hottest podcast out there. Oh, yes. Very informative. When I'm home, Tim, I'm always tuned in for days. He has the hottest podcast out here. When I'm home, Tim, in the world, I stay tuned to the famous podcast. It's the hottest message out there. Side of a life of pain, whether easy days or complicated, it was all the same. It was scary. The main emotion I felt was shame. Tried myself to opinions of others while depression had me changed. I remain with so many thoughts of how. Having issues with my identity I lost it in the crowd But I changed It was life that taught me how To be the man you see and hear right now on Friday from a bipartisan group of lawmakers, and he had been accused of unauthorized strikes against the Houthis in a, by bypassing Congress. It, they said no president, regardless of political party, has the constitutional authority to bypass Congress on matters of war. Do you think that that would apply here, given this escalation? Not a war with the Houthis. We're not going to be, a, we're not looking for a war with Iran. The president is comfortable that he has the appropriate legal authorities to act in self-defense of our ships, our sailors, our troops, and our facilities at sea or ashore. Right. Isn't it time to involve the American people? I mean, given the fact that the American people were not happy about, I mean, all I suspect the American people are not happy about attacks on commercial shipping in the Red Sea. I also suspect they're not happy about seeing American troops killed uh, at a base in Jordan. The president has the authority to defend those troops and those facilities, and he'll do that. He's weighing all of his options. This is an election year. Is the president looking at his polling when he's weighing all of these options? Is the president looking at what? My goodness, that's a heck of a question. He's not, not looking, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. Is the 
Let me just stop you right there. Commander-in-Chief is not looking at polling or considering the electoral calendar when he's defending... Now, can I answer the question? He's not looking at political calculations or the polling or the electoral calendar as he works to protect our troops ashore and our ships at sea. And any suggestion to the contrary is offensive. Is he looking at the polling with respect to does the American public want a broader Middle East conflict when he weighs his political decision making? Ma'am, I've answered that question. Okay, let's go. You didn't answer that question. Is he weighing that? He is not concerning himself uh, with the political calendar. Does the American public have the opportunity to weigh in on whether they want to in America stand on the bombs that are going to be dropped? We're going to move on. Go ahead. So I get a call from somebody who, you know, on the inside. And apparently, this is deep, y'all. Just just hear me out. So there was this logo for the Super Bowl. It's supposed to have been Baltimore and San Francisco because they had the colors and all of this stuff. Right? So, evidently, Lamar Jackson was presented with a proposition. You know what that proposition is. You want to win this Super Bowl, drink the Kool-Aid. Well, Lamar Jackson said no, he would earn the Super Bowl on his own. So, you know when you don't take the Kool-Aid, you ain't winning no Super Bowl. See, the people, the people found out because people figured out the algorithms. So just my personal opinion, Vegas had to switch the storyline up because Lamar wasn't going. (coughs) He was supposed to take down Patrick Mahomes. (coughs) Y'all hear me? Lamar Jackson was supposed to take down Patrick Mahomes. But I guess before the game, he didn't want to be a part of the team no more. You know what that means. ...about child safety on their platforms. And things turned contentious at times during the hours-long hearing. Did I hear you say in your opening statement that there's no link between mental health and social media use? Senator, what I said is I think it's important to look at the science. I know it's people widely talk about this as if that is something that's already been proven. And I think that the bulk of the scientific evidence does not support that. Lawmakers called the CEOs to the Hill as they try to find ways to keep kids safe on social media. Meta, Facebook's parent company, says 100,000 children are sexually harassed on Facebook and Instagram every day. Congressional correspondent Stephanie Liebergen has more from today's hearing. The CEOs from five major tech companies testified on Capitol Hill Wednesday, and lawmakers directly placed blame on these social media companies for not doing enough to protect kids online. You have blood on your hands. A fiery hearing between senators and some of the most powerful players in tech. Would you like now to apologize to the victims who have been harmed by your product? Show them the pictures. 
Would you like to apologize for what you've done to these good people? Parents filled the hearing room and held up photos of the children they say they've lost because of social media. All while the CEOs of X, Meta, TikTok, Discord, and Snap entered the room. Lawmakers wasted no time in squarely accusing them of being responsible for social media's dangerous impact on children. We know these kids are dying. Lawmakers have introduced multiple bipartisan bills directed at stopping child exploitation online. But the CEOs largely dodged lawmakers' calls to support that legislation. Is there any one of you willing to say now that you support this bill? Mr. Chairman, let the record reflect a yawning silence. They did say they're open to working with Congress on new bills to regulate the tech space. But Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg says the app stores should be held accountable for allowing children to download social media without parental consent. Apple already requires parental consent when a child does a payment with an app. So it should be pretty trivial to pass a law that requires them uh, to make it so that parents have control anytime a child downloads an app. Antitrust and tech scholar Tim Wu estimates as of October, Congress has held around 40 hearings on children and social media since 2017. But political reports, Congress has only passed one child safety law in the past decade. And buying a Respond. Like I suggested. In 1871, a seditious act was performed by the government. A coup was made to rewrite the Constitution and put we the people in all capitals under a new corporate contract transferring the United States of America into the new Corporation of the United States of America, which transferred the power of we the people and the Constitution over to the new corporation. When they did that, it placed the citizens in the United States as property of the corporation, which was centered in Washington, D.C. This action made Washington, D.C. a foreign entity on American soil of sovereign states. It was established through a loan from the Vatican. When D.C. was transferred into a city-state, and this corporate entity then ruled over the people. Now, what took place may have way bigger chain effects. When they did the broker deal to get the loan from the Vatican, they did so via the Bank of London. At the time, they transferred all the property in D.C. Columbia over to the corporate entity of D.C., a foreign corporation. Now, the city of London, that is the square mile within the Greater London area, is not technically part of the Greater London or even England just as Vatican City is not part of Rome or Italy. Likewise, Washington, D.C. is not part of the United States in that sense. That is, it controls but on paper, the world. As they know it, the District of Columbia represents the United States. That's the issue. These sovereign corporate entities have their own laws and their own identities, pretty much, and they also have their own flags. The government of the United States, Canada, and Britain are all subsidiaries of the Crown as is the Federal Reserve in the U.S. Now, the ruling monarch in England is also the subordinate to the Crown. The global financial and legal system is controlled from the City of London by the Crown. The square mile making up the center of Greater London is the global seat of power in this story, at least at the visible level. Now, the Residence Act of 1780 established the D.C. area as the federal government, and by February 1801, the D.C. Organic Act officially organized the areas around the Potomac River as the District of Columbia. Then Washington, D.C. was established as a city-state in 1871 with the passage of the Act of 1871. This is the strange part. You can't find much on just the Act of 1871, which officially established the United States as a corporation under the rule of Washington, which itself is a to the city of London. Now, on 
Wikipedia it reads, The new government consisted of an appointed governor and 11-member council, a locally elected 22-member assembly, and a board of public works charged with modernizing the city. The seal of the District of Columbia features the date 1871, recognizing the year the district's government was incorporated. Now, if I understood this correctly, this is the exact timing that took place to subsequently allow the incorporation A dolphin carcass floating down a tributary of Brazil's Amazon River. More than 100 endangered river dolphins have died since last year, when the region was hit by an unprecedented drought. For months, the natural climate phenomenon, El Niño, has been blamed for the decrease in rainfall, causing rivers to reach their lowest level in 120 years. But a study released this week found that human activities such as deforestation, cattle ranching and corporate farming have played a pivotal role in reducing the Earth's capacity to retain water. The lack of precipitation and high temperatures that lead to a more evaporation and, and drying even more fast. So we call this a drought that is an agricultural ecological drought. Then uh, when we analyze that, then uh, a climate change played uh, a much larger role. Scientists cite the unprecedented death of river dolphins to make their case. In the past, they have survived droughts, but last year they died because of the high water temperatures. The water temperature was very high at the end of September, when 70 dolphin carcasses washed up. In certain moments, the temperature exceeded 39 degrees. The average in the region of the Lake Tafe is 29 to 31 degrees Celsius. The drought also affected more than half a million people living in Brazil and other five South American countries. They depend on the rivers for transportation, food and the delivery of medical supplies. Scientists say this drought is more widespread and has affected the northern part of the Amazon basin, home to untouched areas of the world's largest tropical forest. In regions where uh, in the edge uh, to the south, uh, where the forest is already a little bit more used to droughts, then they have some uh, developed some some uh, um, ways of, of being more resilient, like say have longer roots that goes deeper and stuff like that. But in this pristine area, they don't have. So if we start having droughts that reach this pristine area, uh, the the forest can actually uh, uh, be affected, uh, and uh, we have the problem of uh, being a tipping point. The solution, the study says, is to stop burning fossil fuels and reduce carbon emissions. But whether that will happen in time to avoid future disasters remains to be seen. New video shows the terrifying moment a massive wave hit a U.S. military base on a remote island in the Pacific. The force of the water ripping the doors from their hinges, taking two people with them. Those inside climbed on tables, clinging to anything they could reach. Moments later, a second wave rushes in, knocking out windows. Thankfully, only minor injuries were reported, but the Army says at least a third of the base, located in the Marshall Islands in the heart of the Pacific, was flooded. The tiny name. Luke, Luke 21 and 25. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth. Distress of nation 
with preplex, the sea and the waves roar. Chin is on the front lines of climate change due to rising sea levels and more frequent storms. A Pentagon study has warned increases in sea level will result in greater wave-driven run-up and island flooding, threatening the fresh water supply as soon as 2035. Harsh weather blamed for more than 100 deaths over the past week. A powerful storm stretching for hundreds of miles dumped heavy rain on much of California yesterday. The storm caused widespread flash flooding in parts of Southern California that rarely sees this type of rain. Psalms 83 and 15. So prosecute them with the tempest and make them afraid with the with that storm historic deluge in normally sunny san diego the national weather service saying up to three inches of rain dropped in just three hours monday flooding parts of interstate 15 and sending water gushing down the streets you couldn't really see the ground at all the mountain view neighborhood in the southeastern part of the city was particularly hard hit the highest part of our house was our kitchen island and that's where we were sitting on top of until we were able to get out safely Crews say they went door to door, transporting residents on kayaks and stretchers. Now, many homes are left waterlogged and covered in debris, like Abe Stapleton's residence in the Southcrest neighborhood. He says he was inside when the floodwaters rushed in. It was this high. Others came home to find their belongings destroyed. Second Ezra. 9, 3, and 4. Therefore, when there shall be seen earthquakes and uproar of the people in the world, then shall thou will understand that the Most High spoke of those things from the day that were before thee, even from the beginning. Let's analyze. Late on Friday, a seismic event measuring a magnitude of 6.1 rattled the southern Pacific coast of Guatemala, as reported by the U.S. Geological Survey. The quake prompted some residents to flee their homes with early indications of structural damage to buildings. The seismic activity also reverberated in neighboring El Salvador, Fortunately, there have been no immediate reports of injuries as the earthquake occurred just past midnight while many were asleep. El Salvador authorities described the quake as strong and are actively monitoring unfolding developments. The epicenter of the earthquake was located near the Guatemalan town of Taxisco, approximately 60 miles south of the capital, Guatemala City. Alarms sounded in the capital, prompting some anxious residents to evacuate their homes. According to the USGS, the quake occurred at the depth of 108 kilometers. In the aftermath, Guatemala's emergency services agency, Conrad, reported that parts of a church facade in the town of San Pablo, Jacopolas, situated northwest of the epicenter, had collapsed. The situation is being closely monitored. You're hearing all this resonating in your mind, bad fam. I hope you really understand what's really going on out here so you can be prepared and check yourself out because these people crazy, man. Y'all know that? These people crazy. Y'all don't really understand how crazy these people are and then because cray-cray think 
most of us is cray cray that we got to go with the cray cray man these people these leaders these people who pushing this stuff is nothing but cray cray why are you calling them cray cray face there you go making fun of the cray cray you need to stop that face come on come on face stop playing with the cray cray you know them people can't help themselves all right let's analyze you are indeed right uh COVID was just you know like i said yesterday a test balloon and uh the lessons they learned from this uh namely how did they fail and where did they fail to get the people to just do what they were told to you know uh, comply um and they will take this to the next level so we're talking of course about uh digital id it's in preparation we're already talking about this um the parliament circumvented itself pretty much by taking uh, with a large majority a vote to not even involve parliament. Uh, it goes directly behind closed doors uh, to negotiate the digital ID. Um, the next thing we will be seeing is, of course, um, CBCD, the uh, state digital state currency. Um, that will be the ultimate blow to uh, de depriving us of all of our freedom uh, and privacy. And uh, yeah, and of course, these 15-minute uh, ghettos that I already talked about yesterday. Um, these are the next steps. And uh, I, once again, I want to make it clear, we're not talking about some future projects 40, 50 years down the line. We are talking about as in right now that they're working on. And once again, we need the people on our side on this to fight this, to raise awareness and to let their government, especially the national governments know they will not deal with that and they will not accept this. That's what we need the people for. Good afternoon to both of you at this 2024 International Religious Freedom Summit here in Washington, D.C. House Speaker Mike Johnson is calling out the Chinese Communist Party for persecuting and even harvesting organs from Falun Gong practitioners and other prisoners of conscience in China. Watch. Tibetan Buddhists and Falun Gong practitioners are placed in forced labor camps and they have their organs harvested by the Chinese Communist Party. And at this moment, the U.S. has an opportunity and an obligation to prevent genocide and punish those who commit it. Is China? Yes. Last year, the House overwhelmingly passed a bill to punish the CCP for forced organ harvesting and targeting prisoners of conscience. And right now, a coalition of over 100 lawmakers, doctors, academics, and civil groups are also calling on the United Nations to establish an international criminal tribunal to investigate the CCP's crimes of forced organ harvesting. Back in 2019, an independent tribunal in London concluded after a year-long investigation that forced organ harvesting had taken place in China for years and on a significant scale. The three most elite National Guard units in the USA. Number three, Pennsylvania National Guard. With a budget of around $200 million and around 19,000 members, they possess a notable fleet of AH-64 Apache helicopters, providing them with formidable air support capabilities. 
Their rigorous cold weather training programs in the state's diverse terrain ensure unmatched readiness for various climates. Number two, California. The California National Guard stands out for its technological prowess, integrating cutting-edge surveillance and communication systems. With a strength of approximately 18,000 personnel, they uniquely operate a fleet of MQ-9 Reaper drones for both domestic and overseas missions, a testament to their innovative approach. Before revealing the number one, remember to subscribe Texas National Guard. With an annual budget exceeding $300 million, Texas boasts the largest National Guard contingent in the U.S. with over 25,000 members. It's renowned for its advanced military equipment, including M1 Abrams tanks and F-16 fighter jets. Their annual training exercises, often involving complex simulations, set a high standard for Guard units nationwide. Look, Biden and his son are stone-cold crooked, and you know it. His son walks out with millions of dollars. The kid knows nothing. You know it, and so do we. Go ahead, ask a question. But the the question, sir, was what did you want President Zelensky to do about President, Vice President Biden and his son, Hunter? Are you talking to me? Yeah, it was just a follow-up of what I just asked listen, you, sir. Listen, you ready? We have the President of Finland. Ask him a question. I have one for him. I just wanted to follow up on the one that I asked you, which did was, you hear what me? did you want Did you hear me? Yes, Ask sir. him a question. I, I will. But I'm my- giving you a long answer. Ask this gentleman a question. Don't be rude. No, sir, I don't want to be rude. I just wanted you to have a chance to answer the question that I asked I've you. I've answered everything. It's a whole hoax. And you know who's playing into the hoax? People like you and the fake news media that we have in this country. And I say, in many cases, the corrupt media, because you're corrupt. Much of the media in this country is not just fake, it's corrupt. And you have some very fine people, too. Great journalists, great reporters, but to a large extent, it's corrupt and it's fake. Ask the president of Finland a question, please. What do you think you're the question? What is the most important document in the United States of America? If you could name one document, let me know in the chat room. If you could name one document, what would it be? What is the most important document in the United States of America? If your answer is the U.S. Constitution, Uh, Unfortunately, you're no longer correct. Sorry, sorry, you're no longer correct. The U.S. Constitution has now been pushed aside in favor of another document, the North Atlantic Treaty. That's right, the document that rules NATO, the governing body of the globalist expansion of war around the world. That's, that's, That's what the document supports. In a stunning move that got zero attention in the mainstream media, I didn't see any of the mainstream media covering this story at all. None of the major papers, the major news networks, nobody. So, stunning move that the United States Senate voted down an amendment, a simple amendment, to the 2024 National Defense Authorization Act, the defense budget. Simple amendment. What was that amendment? Here's how Senator Rand Paul, who proposed the amendment, described it. Here's his tweet. Today, I offered an amendment to the Defense Authorization Act that would have clarified Article 5 of the NATO Treaty does not supersede the Constitution, meaning the Constitution is more important than a NATO treaty. That's all it would do, just clarify to make sure that we all understand where where the Constitution sits in this pecking order. Uh, Here it is from Senator Rand Paul. Here's the actual uh, amendment itself, which is stunned to have given the U.S. sovereignty away to NATO. Here it is. Uh, It is the sense of Congress that the Article 5 of the North Atlantic Treaty does not supersede the constitutional requirement that Congress declare war before the United States engages in war. 
That's it. Very simple. Congress has the power, not NATO, to decide what happens to the United States when we're declaring war or not declaring war. Simple. In the middle of the floor debate, Senator Mike Lee stepped out outside to post this message to social media because he couldn't believe what was happening. He was witnessing all of these people voting against this amendment. Members of the Senate voting against and members of his own Republican Party voting against it. He voted for it. But here's here's what he had to say in the middle of this voting. Watch. Okay, so something really weird and quite concerning just happened. We're debating the National Defense Authorization Act, a bill that goes through Congress every year where we talk about defense priorities. My friend and colleague, Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky, uh, introduced an amendment, amendment uh, number 222 uh, to this act. And it's a simple amendment. It's just one sentence. It says, it is the sense of Congress that Article 5 of the NATO Treaty does not supersede the constitutional requirement that the Congress declare war before the United States engages in war. Look, the Constitution requires this already, so it's a no-brainer. And um, most of my colleagues voted against it. Uh, Last I checked, there were uh, zero Democrats and only 16 Republicans who voted for it. So this really did surprise me because the Constitution makes very clear in Article 1, Section 8, that in order to declare war, you've got to have a declaration of war from Congress. The president can't do that on his own. And we certainly don't want a treaty deciding that for us and taking us to war. Now, the reason he references uh, Article 5 of the NATO treaty is that that does uh, contain an expectation that will defend the sovereignty of other nation states. But there's nothing in there that supersedes our constitutional responsibility to get Congress to authorize that. And there's not even anything in there that, that overtly requires us to go to war. We often assume that it may get to that. In some cases, it will. But I think it's very, very dangerous to have a situation where you could go to war solely by virtue of a treaty provision that itself doesn't require you to go to war, much less supersede our own constitution. Something to think about and uh, disappointing, but I have a feeling we'll be having this discussion again. So 16 people voted for it. Um, you could like, you know, Ted Cruz was one of them. Uh, Mike Lee was one of them. Uh, of course, Rand Paul uh, and, and a few others, uh, but not many, not many at all. Um, and it should. And as Rand Paul then tweeted, it should have been an easy vote to affirm the Constitution. To vote against affirming the Constitution actually places doubt in the Constitution. But it was defeated 83 to 16, uh, he tweeted. First of all, I just want to say thank you for all the people that's listening and chiming in on it. You didn't have to do it, but you did it anyway. So I appreciate you doing that. Hopefully that way if we can learn how to agree to disagree, and we can live like people. When I make the hard topics, I say the hard things, I make the thing itch scratch. So if your itch is not scratching, and you scratching on the itch, Maybe you need to look yourself in the mirror. So, I'm not here for no drama. I'm not here for no nothing. Just to learn, 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 and edify. This is from learning situations only. So, I'm not here to get anybody's hairs up. So, again, thank you. And hopefully we can agree to disagree.
Did you know that The Simpsons may have predicted three events that are taking over reality in 2024? The third one is totally nuts. Number one, VR food. In a 2000 episode, Homer and Marge were shown eating virtual fudge using VR gaming. 24 years later, the prediction came true. A company named Aero Banquets RMX has now developed virtual reality food that alters taste perception using VR headsets. It uses VR to change your taste perception reframing the human mind and changing how we experience food. Number two, Trump 2024. The Simpsons predict Trump will win the 2024 election. In the episode, Homer can be seen floating by a sign that says Trump 2024. In 2022, Trump announced he was going to run, causing the Simpsons writer Al Jean to point out that they predicted this back in 2015. What's even crazier is the Simpsons already predicted Trump becoming president back in the year 2000. Number three, colonizing Mars. In this 2015 episode, the government plans to colonize Mars. The episode airs with a glimpse into the year 2051, which shows the Simpsons family living on Mars. At that time, the idea of colonizing Mars seemed impossible, yet the episode eerily aligned with billionaire Elon Musk's subsequent plans, announced years later in 2022, to establish a population of one million people on Mars by 2050. It is truly amazing that over seven years beforehand, the Simpsons envision this kind of human colony on Mars without any such projects yet proposed. Texas is about to go to war with the U.S. The Texas border is now a place full of chaos and tension. As immigrants from South America attempt to get into the U.S., they are getting violently stopped by the Texas Guard and a seven-foot barbed wire. Joe Biden has threatened Texas to take the wire down, but they refused. This is literally how civil wars start. But what does this mean for us? The Texas border is going completely nuts. Texas has taken the unprecedented step of constructing a massive seven-foot-high barbed wire fence along its border to stop migrants. Joe Biden has expressed strong disapproval of Texas's actions, particularly the barbed wire barrier. His demand to Texas remove the wire within 24 hours. However, Texas stands defiant, refusing to comply instead calling up additional National Guard troops in open defiance of the White House. The situation has escalated to the point where even Oklahoma is deploying troops to support Texas, neither side backing down. Do you think we will enter a civil war? Texas is about to go to war with the Simpsons did it again. They recently predicted two big unbelievable things that already happened in 2024. They foresaw a tsunami wiping out Japan, and a later episode showed aliens invading a Miami mall. Both already happened this year. This leads to their third prediction for 2024. It is pretty scary, so watch until the end to keep your family safe. In episode 18 from season 17, titled The Wettest Story Ever Told, 
The Simpson family is shown traveling on a boat near Japan. Suddenly, without warning, a massive tsunami appears and crashes into their boat, then continues, heading towards the coastline, and completely destroys and submerges the nearby city underwater. What's frightening is, on the very first day of 2024, a series of earthquakes occurred in central Japan's region triggering a tsunami. There were 20 earthquakes, with the strongest measured 7 on Japan's Shindo Seismic Intensity Scale. Japan named this seismic event the Noto Hanto Earthquake. In episode Treehouse of Horror 6 titled The Day the Earth Looks Stupid, Bart and Lisa are enjoying their Florida vacation when strange things start occurring. An alien is spotted in a small storage room. Moments later, a full-scale invasion begins. Their third omen is even more chilling. I'll reveal it in part two on Right Haunting. He has warned us about four alarming dates. So save this video so you can keep track of these dates and see if they were right. Let's start with January 23rd. On January 23, 2024, humanity discovers an underground civilization called the Splitting World, living beneath the Earth's crust, but contact is made through a message declaring their intent to wage war against people on the surface. On March 7, 2024, an Earth-sized planet is discovered in our solar system that is found to be a mirror version of our world, with opposite gravity, purple waters, and red plants, yet still habitable, making it a bizarre yet intriguing mirror twin to our own Earth. On April 15th, SpaceX successfully developed a method for spaceships to reach light speed only to unexpectedly encounter hostile alien life forms who learn of the breakthrough and want to take the new light engine technology for themselves, posing potential risks. Finally, on June 29, 197, mysterious statues suddenly materialized in every country around the world, which are then discovered to have been covertly installed by unknown aliens to both observe and frighten humanity as some kind of social experiment or prelude to an invasion after their leader Mitch succeeded in his malign plans against Earth. Comment absolutely if you think in- Don't you think it's weird that 15 billionaires are building bunkers? Listen carefully, it's scary. In the last week, a jaw-dropping 15 billionaires secretly constructed underground bunkers. Billionaires such as Mark Zuckerberg, OpenICO, Sam Altman, and even President Biden are rushing to build their own bunkers. Conspiracy theorists aren't buying that this is just a coincidence. So what do our wealthy elites apparently know that we don't? With global tensions at an all-time high, some speculate it's related to looming worldwide chaos. Are billionaires preparing for economic collapse, natural disaster, or even nuclear war? The timing is extreme extremely suspicious. One truth is clear. These bunkers are not for show. They're fully equipped high-tech shelters stockpiled with years of supplies. But what terrifying threat has so worried the powers that be? Some just see paranoid panic. But could billionaires truly be receiving inside warnings of impending catastrophe? If the richest humans are now seeking shelter, should the rest of us start developing our own escape plans just in case? CIA agent warns these three disaster tips could save your life in 2024. Save this video to keep your family safe and know how to prepare for an upcoming disaster. Maybe it will happen in 2024. Number one, wear closed toed laced shoes at all times. Flip-flops won't cut it when debris is flying. Closed toe shoes with laces can save your feet. It protects your feet from asphalt breaks and grass breaks and cement. Number two, stock up on small bills. When banks fail, fives and tens will be worth more than twenties because no one will have change. As soon as the banks shut down, every piece of currency massively increases in value. So you need to carry at least $200 in small U.S. denominations if disasters are coming in 2024. 
Currencies and economies will change, but dollars are king for now. Number three, master self-defense. Guns are useless without ammo. The only self-defense weapon you need to master is some kind of baton. Stay alert. What would happen if World War III started tomorrow? After 15 minutes, all the presidents would tell citizens to stay home. Then there would be a global lockdown. After 12 hours, all country borders would close. People would start worrying about nuclear weapons. After one day, the rich and powerful would take refuge in underground shelters, leaving regular people on their own. After two days, communication systems and the internet would stop working completely. The world would go dark. After three days, the first nuclear bomb would be used. This would cause other countries to use their bombs too. After four days, the air would be so dirty you couldn't see sunlight from Earth anymore. This would have big consequences. After one week, food production would stop. Then the worldwide food system would collapse. Two billion people would have no food. After one month, the ozone layer protecting Earth from the sun would be destroyed. After one year, with billions displaced and thousands dead, humans would start rebuilding. Earth would be forever scarred by this catastrophe. 2024 is going to be very chaotic. The Simpsons' three crazy predictions about 2024 make it seem even weirder. Number one has already happened. Number three, war between the US and China. In one episode, a news anchor says sadly that America and China have declared war. A big nuclear attack is expected to reach our shores within an hour. With what is happening in the world now, there is a high chance of this happening. Number two, the 2024 virus. The Simpsons predict another virus outbreak will happen in 2024. The episode shows how a burger leads to a zombie apocalypse after high quality cows are made into meat sauce and fed to cows. Then humans make the cows into burgers and eat them, becoming zombies. Number one, global inflation and economic crisis. The Simpsons predict an economic crisis for America in 2023. In an episode, a man tells Homer about anarchy and how the end of civilization is coming soon to America. But Homer says America can't collapse because we are strong like ancient Rome. Do you think 2024 will... This is the wildest prediction the Simpsons had ever made for 2024. I don't know if it will happen this year or not, but this is extremely weird and disturbing. So in season nine, episode title, Treehouse of Horror 8, a strange virus breaks out that turns most people into the living dead. It starts with the zombie virus infecting an MC, right? During a live stream, he goes crazy and infects those around him. The live stream ends with screams of chaos. 28 days later, the entire town of Springfield becomes a city of zombies. The entire town is filled with the walking dead lurching around and shrieking. There are only a few sane people left and among them is the Simpson family. The zombie apocalypse has enveloped the world. Now this is the scary part. Recently scientists have revived a zombie virus that spent 48,500 years frozen in permafrost. Warmer temperatures in the Arctic are thawing the region's permafrost and potentially stirring ancient viruses that, after lying dormant for tens of thousands of years, could endanger animal and human health. It is concerning that the Arctic has warmed four times faster than the rest of the world since 1979. In 2020, we had to face the COVID-19 pandemic caused by the SARS-CoV-2 virus, 2016 Zika virus epidemic, 2012 MERS pandemic. So what about 2024? 
We can answer any qu anybody's questions. Yes. I have one for Senator Cruz, actually, about Texas. So the Department of Homeland Security has sent another letter again demanding access to Shelby Park. Uh, Texas is not evacuating, as you know, instead uh, deploying even more razor wire. Do you think this will ultimately lead to a showdown between the Federal Border Patrol agents and the National Guard in Texas? Listen, I'm proud of the great state of Texas. I'm proud of our governor. I'm proud of our state legislature because they're stepping up and defending our state from invasion. Listen, the mayor of a bunch of blue cities, the governors of a bunch of blue states have declared illegal immigration emergencies in their states. That's true in New York. That's true in Boston. That's true in Massachusetts. That's true in Chicago. That's true in L.A. Eric Adams, the liberal Democrat in New York, has said illegal immigration is destroying New York City. That's 110,000 people are destroying New York City. I agree with him. But if 110,000 people are destroying New York City, what the hell do you think 9.6 million people are doing to Texas and the other states on the southern border? And so Texas is stepping up to defend our state. I'm glad we are. But the reason Texas is doing so is because Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer and the Democrats affirmatively want this invasion. By the way, you want to know why negotiating with these guys, why they're doing it in such bad faith? They are today, as you pointed out. Joe Biden is litigating against the state of Texas to try to stop Texas from securing the border. Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. is the greatest friend the Mexican drug cartels have ever had. He is the greatest financial benefactor the Mexican drug cartels have ever had. He is the single largest human trafficker in history. Now, that may sound like hyperbole, but those 9.6 million people, when they come over and turn themselves in, they tell the Border Patrol agents, I want to go to the following city, and they pick a city. And Joe Biden puts them on planes and puts them on buses and sends them to every city in America, and Joe Biden is the last mile of the human trafficking network. So, yes, Biden is fighting ferociously to stop Texas from defending ourselves. He is wrong. But it shows that Biden wants this, and the only thing Biden wants next is to make Ron Johnson have to buy a bigger poster board because the chart goes higher. If you live in the West and don't have a bunker, what do you think about this? NATO has warned civilians to prepare for conflict and make sure to have equipment to survive the first 36 hours of what may come. According to the head of NATO Military Committee, Admiral Rob Bauer, it's not a given that we are in peace. And this is why NATO countries are preparing for a conflict with Russia and terror groups. The British government also confirmed that we are in a pre-war era. British Defence Minister Grant Shapps noted that the world could be engulfed by multiple wars involving Russia, China, North Korea and Iran in the next five years. And the NATO has to increase its defense spending to at least 2% of national income. And just a week ago, Sweden's defense officials asked citizens to prepare for war and an end to 210 years of peace. Is this why billionaires are building bunkers? But for ordinary citizens who could barely afford a roof, let alone a bunker, what is their hope? Gang of migrants broke into the country, pummeled two NYPD officers, and while walking out of jail without bail, flipped the double bird to the country they let him in. The two birds heard around the world, the symbol of the Biden presidency, right there. The whole migrant gang gave it to us. The free iPhones, hotel rooms, and culturally appropriate meals weren't good enough. 
They wanted to kick cops in the face and get away with it, just like Black Lives Matter. Call me crazy. But making American students take Zoom classes from home so migrants could sleep at their school may have sent the wrong message. Letting criminals walk into your house and walk all over you? We deserve the double bird. Illegal Latino gangs beating up cops and the DA Alvin Bragg didn't ask for bail. The gang isn't even being deported. It's a sanctuary city. Mikasa es su casa. Tonight, Joe Biden is facing troubling accusations. Nevada Democrat Lucy Flores claims the former vice president inappropriately touched and kissed her head before a rally in 2014. She writes in New York Magazine that she felt powerless to do anything about it. Biden had attended the rally to help boost her campaign for lieutenant governor. Flores goes on to claim that moments before she took the stage, she felt the vice president get close to her from behind, lean in and quote, inhale her hair. She writes, he proceeded to plant a big slow kiss on the back of my head. My brain couldn't process what was happening. I was embarrassed. I was shocked. I was confused. He made me feel uneasy, gross. Lapo says the former vice president took pictures and started talking with them one on one. This is when she says he crossed the line. He walked up to me and wrapped his hands around my face like that and pulled me in and started rubbing noses with me. Um, and it wasn't, you know, like an Eskimo kiss or and then stop. It was for like a good 15 seconds. And I remember thinking, is he gonna kiss me? Lapo says there were many witnesses. This was in front of other staffers. Yeah, and his own staff. She walked away confused. Tara Reed was a 29-year-old staff assistant in Joe Biden's Senate office in 1993 when she says aides told her to bring him his gym bag. She says she found him in a corridor of a Senate office building and has described what she says happened next in interviews with ABC News and other outlets, including Democracy Now! I was up against the wall and I remember his hands underneath my blouse and underneath my skirt and his fingers penetrating me as he was kiss, trying to kiss me and I was pulling away. Reed tells us that at the time she complained to the Senate personnel office that Biden had, quote, made her feel uncomfortable. Yesterday, the Pentagon announced that three U.S. troops had been killed and dozens injured after a drone loaded with explosives struck them at a base in Jordan near the Syrian border. Now, none of that can be confirmed. The details, anyway, the location of the attack and there's some question about whether that's true, but there is no question that American troops were killed yesterday. And the reaction to that, mixed with sadness, was highly political, in fact, even strategic. Within moments of this news breaking, Lindsey Graham, the Republican senator from South Carolina, called for blood. Quote, hit Iran now, hit them hard, he tweeted. Nikki Haley, of course, piled on. Here's what she posted to X, quote, as a military spouse, my heart breaks for the families who lost loved ones. This shows the barbaric nature of our enemies in Iran, and it shows that they would not be attacking our troops if Joe Biden weren't so weak in his treatment of Iran. We should retaliate with full force, the full force of American strength. It's the only way to prevent further war. If we do not, these attacks will continue. Interesting. All of this came immediately. They were joined by Wes Clark, the former presidential candidate and commander of NATO and buffoons like John Cornyn, who apparently is a senator from Texas, etc., all saying the same thing. Let's go to war with Iran. They all said this in both sides. Here's Nancy Pelosi on CNN telling you yesterday 
that anyone who is not for this, who would like say a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas, is working for Vladimir Putin. For them to call for a ceasefire is Mr. Putin's message. Mr. Putin's message. Make no mistake, this is directly connected to what he would like to see. Same thing with Ukraine. It's about Putin's message. I think some of these, some of these protesters are spontaneous and organic and sincere. Some, I think, are connected uh, to Russia, and I say that having looked at this for a long time now. As you, you know, think some of these protests are Russian plants? These are plants. I think some financing should be investigated, and I want to ask the, the uh, uh, FBI to investigate that. It's hard for most people to believe that a person in his or her 80s could be evil, but she is evil, and she's speaking lies, which you heard is totally dishonest. But there's a point to the dishonesty, and that is a war with Iran, which people in Washington have been agitating for for more than 20 years. So are we going to war with Iran? Are we already in a war with Iran? And if so, what are the consequences? Most Americans have no idea. It's not even something they're thinking about, but they should be. Joe Ken is a former Green Beret. He's a combat veteran who lost his wife in one of these wars. He's running for Congress in Washington State in the 3rd Congressional District, and he has an interesting and highly informed perspective on this, and we're honored to have him join us now. Joe Kent, thank you so much for coming on today. So when you see all of this, and you know you hate to be cynical, but you really can't be too cynical uh, when you're dealing with the war party in Washington, it did seem like a coordinated response very quickly, moments after the announcement of the, tra of the tragic death of these American servicemen. Um, what do you make of the response from both parties in Washington to the deaths yesterday? I mean, this whole thing, we we've seen it coming, Tucker. We left our troops in these vulnerable locations, like on the Jordanian, Syrian, and Iraqi border. Our troops have been attacked, we, we think, at least 150 times since the uh, October 7th uh, incident began. And so we've seen this coming. This was an inevitable conclusion. So by leaving our troops in these locations, undefended essentially, we left them there as bait because so many people in Washington, D.C. want to go to war with Iran. They want to go to a war with Iran so badly that we will prop up the government of Iraq while the government of Iraq is completely controlled by Iran. We spend billions of dollars every single year funding, arming, trading, and equipping the Iraqi government so they can turn around and support the exact same militias that just killed our troops. Biden said it himself in his statement, he accused Iranian-backed militants operating in Iraq and Syria of conducting this attack that killed the three Americans and wounded nearly 30 more. That is nothing short of saying the, pop, the Popular Mobilization Forces, which is the part of the Iraqi military that we support. So if you look at just the full scope of the way that we have arranged ourselves in the Middle East, who we're supporting and where our troops are, there's no other logical conclusion other than the fact that we have left them there as bait to be killed by Iranians at the time and place of their choosing so that we can continue to escalate towards a conflict with Iran. And like you said, there was a very coordinated series of talking points that came out almost immediately that we need to go and, and strike back against Iran. And look, we do need to strike back. We can't just let this go unanswered. But if we start taking strikes inside of Iran itself, that is exactly what the Iranian regime wants. They will benefit from that. If we start attacking Iran the way that we attack 
attacked Iraq, the way we attacked Afghanistan, then the Iranian government, the Iranian mullahs, the Ayatollah, people will rally around them in support. We should be taking calculated strikes back at Iranian proxy groups for self-defense, and then we should immediately get our troops out of these foolish locations before we lose more blood and treasure for absolutely nothing in the Middle East, and before we're sucked further into a regional war. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us here today. Uh, I want to announce we're putting forward some important legislation, some legislation that answers a question that I am very often asked about what's happening at our southern border. What's the reason, what's the rationale for this invasion that's been unleashed on our nation? We have some 8 to 10 million people that have entered America just since Joe Biden took office. Children in my state and in every state are being poisoned by fentanyl. Human trafficking is occurring. It is an absolute disaster. The question comes, why? Well, video recently emerged. The Democrat Congressman Yvette Clark from Brooklyn, New York, explaining to us why. She said very clearly the quiet part out loud. She needs these illegal immigrants for the purposes of redistricting. Let me explain this. In our nation today, we count the number of people, not the number of citizens, for the purpose of allocating congressional districts and electoral votes. What we're seeing is the Democrats abusing the system by creating sanctuary cities in blue states that are literally losing citizens every day to states like mine. What's happening is cities like San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, are acting as magnets to attract illegal immigrants. Those immigrants are then being counted in the populations of California, Illinois, New York, and other cities for the purposes of allocating congressional districts and electoral votes. As a result, the limousine liberal in California has much more power in their vote than the single mom in Tennessee. That needs to come to an end. We need to clarify this once and for all. We need to make certain that only citizens are counted for the purposes of allocating congressional districts and electoral votes. That's why we're introducing this legislation. This legislation will remedy that, it will clarify that, and I think it will accomplish what most Americans expect. And that is that American citizens are the ones that should be counted with respect to allocation of congressional districts and electoral votes. Trucker convoy, you brought this up just a moment ago. So this is called Take Our Border Back. It kicks off Monday. So you've got multiple starts. You've got trucks leaving from Virginia Beach that are going to go through Texas, Arizona, California. On the website, it describes the event, event as a peaceful assembly, encouraging all freedom-loving and law-abiding Americans to attend. I saw that you posted on X to raise awareness about that. You obviously just mentioned it a moment ago. I understand that you're going to be speaking once they get to Eagle Pass. Uh, I also see that you know that it's going to go through Yuma. It's going to go you San Ysidro, California as well. Uh, 700,000 vehicles? That's the prediction here. How do you keep that, well, peaceful and on track? That's a lot of trucks. Well, the people that have organized this are the same people that went to California to D.C. with the truckers. Uh, I understand we're going to be joined by Canadian truckers. So these people uh, are committed to a peaceful demonstration that we've had enough. 
The American people have had enough. We're demanding that the Biden administration do its job, enforce the laws on the books, and secure our border. Eight million people during the Biden administration. Uh, that's more than the population of Ohio. Uh, this is the time for us to rise up as the American people and demand that our president do his job. Uh, this should be a peaceful movement of the American people joined by other uh, nations if they want to come. This is the Canadian farmers, uh, trucker. This is the German farmers. This is the French farmers. This is the Dutch farmers. This is a movement well beyond the United States that people are simply tired of the overreach of their federal governments. And we're pushing back. Now is the time. Amala told us what the goal is with Texas. She admitted she doesn't want to stop the invasion. She wants to speed it up. What are those solutions? The solutions include putting resources at the border to do what we can to process people effectively and putting in place laws that actually allow for a meaningful, meaningful pathway to citizenship. Process more foreigners and put them on a pathway to citizenship, which means they vote. In a couple of presidential cycles, you'll be on election night. You'll be announcing that we're calling the 38 electoral votes of Texas for the Democratic nominee for president. It's changing. It's going to become a purple state and then a blue state because of the demographics, because of the population growth of folks from outside of Texas. And while six million illegals are waiting for amnesty and voting rights, the census counts them. And the more illegals you have, the more money and power the politicians get. I need more people in my district, but just for redistricting purposes. And those members could could clearly uh, fit here.
broke the covenant, I sent your enemy. Get out my lane since you was inferior. I'm, I'm, I'm the reason they put you in chains. I'm the reason they switched up your name. I'm the reason why you in the hood. I'm the reason of all your pain. I'm sending flows fast daily. Think I don't love you. Y'all my babies. Gave my son, must be crazy. Come out that system, come out of that lady. They got that military, it would not phase me. It would not move me, it would not graze me. Remember Egypt, I did all that for my people. Only ever I know Y'all the main ones I'm watching on my throne Created everything but I called you my own That land I gave you put my name in my home Yeah that's my home You only ever I know Y'all the main ones I'm watching on my throne Created everything but I called you my own that land I gave you put my name on it, my home. Yeah, that's my home. Israel.